Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and it's Tuesdays. Let me tell you, Stu, this is a really good Tuesdays for me. You know why? Because I'm, I'm fresh back from, uh, from a European tour. I was in uh, Norway, uh, Denmark, the UK, and then I finished off with Italy. And I maintained my weight until the last five days in Italy. And then I threw <laughs> 10 pounds on. Some, you know, no one told me the food in Italy is good. Shouldn't that be part of what you telling us here on the on the podcast? That's right. So you're you're above normalized right now. <laughs> That's right. I might have looked like the markets coming into this year with some of the uh, the tightening conditions. So really, the tightening condition I'm experiencing is my uh, are my suits right now because I had to throw a suit and tie on this morning for a meeting I'm in. Uh, rare these days, but uh, it's it's not comfortable. Okay, so en- enough of my 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 weight and and travel issues. Although I you know I can I I can report. Uh, in terms of the post-COVID environment in Europe, uh, it was uh, it was very interesting in terms of just the level of activity that you feel in 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 these different cities, particularly London and Rome, were just bustling, restaurants full, bars full, um, really quite extraordinary to see. It's all you it almost felt like it's n- nothing has happened. But we're two weeks since our our, our last uh, podcast. Do a lot's happened in the market. So what are some of the things that you, you, you've keyed in on? And is it moving us any closer to getting an understanding of where we go from here? Um, it is, it is uh, a little bit in some respects and a little bit not in others. Um, you know, I think, you know, the one thing that, um, you know, that we were evolving towards, you know, a couple of weeks ago is that, is that the future was going to really be about earnings. And, and I think that's still the case. Um, you know, when we, when we think about the S&P 500 and that, you know, call it 235 number for next year. Um, you know, there's a lot of discussion around the composition of consumer spending. We had some companies, uh, you know, warn. We've had other companies uh, who have been quite fine. Um, yeah. The consumer 70% of the economy. I, I don't think it's a surprise to people that there's a real shift going on from a goods towards services as, you know, the COVID uh, restrictions uh, ease. You know, the second question is multiples, right? And um, multiples have have declined uh, as people worried about the future, uh, and they also uh, are driven by interest rates to some degree. And and um, you know the interest rate curve has shown more stable stability uh, in the last uh, say six weeks or so than than the market has um, on this notion that inflation is in you know the process of peaking. Um, we're going to get into the end of the year. I think. I think when you look at inflation, it is in all likelihood peaking. The question is, uh, will the the path of descent be to four or five percent, or will the path of descent be to two or three percent? And that's going to be, you know, pretty important. There was a notable um, a Fed Governor Powell uh, spoke uh, in a Wall Street Journal article and uh, in an interview rather, and said, um, you know, we're not going to we're not going to let up until we see inflation dropping, not just forecasted dropping it, but until we see it. So, um, you know, that's going to be important on on liquidity conditions as we get into the back half of the year. But, you know, generally speaking, the bond market has been more stable through a lot of this conversation. So so the the multiple of stocks, uh, you know, plus or minus one point is probably, uh, you know, there's there's been work there done. The next question will be how the earnings picture evolves. Um, and, uh, you know, on that front, uh, you know, companies, uh, there's been a lot of companies speak and, and 
know, they're they're saying that they're still seeing a quite good uh, demand for a lot of things, but um, you know the pressures are building, and and uh, you know the the thing about services, of course, is that you know the the tap on services can get turned on and off uh, pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, just like, you know, services aren't quite as inflationary as goods, right? Like, you know, goods, uh, you can only produce so many. And when the demand rises, then you get inflation. The fact that consumption switching is a, a positive for inflation. But on the services side, like you might plan to go out for dinner two weeks ago or two weeks from now, and then you change your mind, right? So yeah. it's harder to it's harder to gauge that uh, in the economy. Um, yeah. Although you know, I generally do, you, you clearly haven't ordered a beer in Norway recently. <laughs> Those prices just always go up. But anyways, we'll. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that, and then, you know, that that's really speaks to, you know, your last point on inflation, like in order for inflation to get back down to, you know, those acceptable levels, it's it's going to be very focused on uh, wages and, and likely the price of oil. Yeah. Um, and uh, and, you know, that's the last point for for today on the macro side is that it's not just interest rates. It's it's when you remove liquidity, what they're focused on in financial is financial conditions. Yeah. And um, so tightening financial conditions are higher interest rates, wider spreads, lower stock markets. If if you get a reversal of those things without inflation coming down, then the central banks say, wait a second, that's not what we want. We want inflation down. So in order for markets to rally, you're going to need, you know, you know, more, more, tangible, you know, to really rally anyways, you're going to need more tangible evidence into the back half of the year around around what the plate of inflation might be. Yeah. And, and just uh, just for those, you know, uh, Stu, the uh, the ratings have been going up quite a bit. People love Stu's days. And uh, <laughs> so we, we've got some binge listeners. So a very important concept that Stu touched on when he started his comments was the idea of $235 of earnings for the S&P 500, 500 largest companies in the United States. You aggregate, you pull together all of their earnings. It totals $235 per share. If we put a multiple, which Stu talks about, which might, let's just keep the math simple, a multiple of 20, which would be the kind of multiple you'd have in fairly normal times. You're at 4,700 for, that's 235 times 20, for the index, and that would put you, uh, you know, uh, several hundred points ahead of, of, of where you are right now. Um, and then, as Stu's explained many, many times, that when you when you go into a period of tighter financial conditions or future slower growth, that's where you can see uh, that multiple. So maybe it's not twenty now, maybe it's eighteen or seventeen or sixteen. That's one way the market can go down. The other way is if that two hundred and thirty-five dollars of earnings ends up being. $220 because the economy slowed down and you can see how the math changes each time. And that's where Stu's applying different, uh, using different models and projections based on his years of experience and the team and all the analytics and research that they do to try and come up with the, the potential for the market for, for earnings and the multiple to go in, in different ways. And that's where they, they, they make their decisions around investing and and where to position the portfolio did, did i characterize that at at, at all in uh, in in the way yeah no that's too stu you know that's bang on dave like if you if you take the pe multiple and and divide it by or one into the pe multiple it gives you an earnings yield yeah right so a, a 16 multiple is a six percent earnings yield a 17 and a half multiple where we sit today is a 5.7 percent earnings yield and then you subtract the government bond from that call it around 2.9, 3%, that's your risk premium. Yep. 
And, you know, a risk premium of three is not bad. Sometimes it's four, sometimes it's, it's lower, it, it moves around. Um, and it's, it's sensitive to the actual interest rate and uh, the, the extra amount that equity investors want. Right. Exactly. So in the last month, we've seen this, you know, we've seen this, you know, bounce around a little bit. And that's why markets are volatile, because they're trying to get to the right number that takes into consideration what might uh, occur on the earnings front. Yeah. But although they're moving up and down a lot, they seem to be kind of be stuck in a range, just kind of, as you say, waiting for that that final outcome. One of, one of the things that, that's really interesting that, that we were talking about just just before we started taping. Uh, was was this whole idea of, of where the Fed sort of sits on the sidelines? Um, they're evaluating, you know, what they've done in terms of tightening financial conditions, and then seeing how the market reacts. And I guess when 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 the market starts to go up a little bit and it has a nice rebound, like we've been experiencing uh, over the last several days, they look and they go, hmm, you know, maybe maybe there's some room for us to be a little tighter with things. And and when the market's going down, they go, oh, wait a minute, maybe we, we, we're, we're, we're signaling that we're going to move too fast. And and that's at play in terms of creating a lot of this volatility we're seeing in markets. Oh, 100%. Uh, you know, we have more inflation data to come. Uh, although I think, you know, the current inflation data is one thing, you know, really where we're headed in six months is going to be another. But, but um, you know, that is that is bang on. Like, so when when asset prices rise, markets do a little bit better. It it creates some wealth, which the Fed gives them a little bit of a leeway to say, okay, we can be a little bit tighter. And then there's a vice versa to that as they try and uh, engineer a soft landing in the economy. Um, and uh, you know, so we have we have kind of three scenarios in front of us: a soft landing, a modest slowdown, which. Uh, when you look at where where employment sits and where you look uh, where consumer balance sheet sits, like they're in pretty good shape relative to yeah. other periods, and then you have you know a more severe uh, slowdown where you where you know fifteen to twenty percent of earnings are in play. Um, those are the kind of three things that the market is trying to maneuver between, um, and and the Federal Reserve uh, it's a very delicate process. All central banks very delicate process to. Uh, to to uh, to cool things down without going too far, and um, of course, on top of that, it's not just their actions. The markets are trying to interpret <laughs> in advance as well, right? So, you know, when you hear a lot of people say, "Well, interest rates are going to rise," they're going to rise in terms of the payments that a lot of consumers need to make on different lending, but the stock market or the the bond market has already tried to get in front of that. So, you know, for markets, it's not just are they going to rise? It's going to be are they going to rise more than we've put into the yield curve? When a Canadian five-year bond is 3%, that is telling you that they think the Canadian Central Bank is going to increase interest rates. But they could, incre they could increase interest rates without the five-year bond moving, right? Because it tries to get yeah, in front of it. That, that, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so, Stu, just, just, just one other thing, because uh, we're, we're taping today on... Um, on Tuesday, June 7th, and uh, uh, Target, which is a huge retailer in, in the United States, uh, came, came out with a profit warning this morning. Um, and, and the profit warning is, is, is what it is, and the stock is doing what it's doing. But, but I thought there was some interesting stuff in there with respect to supply chain and some of the challenges companies are having um, in the supply chain uh, in, in that, you know, both Target and Walmart and other huge retailers all around the world um, all of a sudden have a glut of stuff that nobody wants. 
right? So what Target was saying this morning was, you know, we, we, we've got all this stuff that nobody wants. We've got all this extra inventory. It means we're going to have to now get rid of it. We're going to have to sort of almost dump it out into the market at reduced prices, and that's going to affect our, our profits. Is, in, is that in any way su- suggesting that, that consumers are behaving in a way that will help manage inflation down? Or, or as you suggest, as I think you were suggesting, you've got the big things, which are oil and, and accelerating wage growth. And, and that is what needs to really get under control or we don't get down to the inflation levels that, that we need for markets to really push forward from here. Yeah, like like they're all good questions there. Like, like I think, you know, a lot of retailers, um, they looked at the supply chain and they said it's going to be really hard to get stuff. So they took they made their best guess on what demand was going to be and they bought stuff and they put it into the uh, shipping channel. So that they would have it in case things uh, were tight, and uh, they overestimated some of that stuff. So, uh, demand has 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 fallen and shifted to services, and uh, you're left with too much inventory. So, um, you know, you know that said, you know we talk about normalized. You know, we can look at a business like Target, and we can say, well, this has been the margin of that business over time, yeah. and you know what they're guiding to now is a below average margin, right? So. Um, as they kind of flush the inventory out of their system, they're not going to make as much money on it as they normally would in uh, normal business conditions. Um, as far as as far as inflation is concerned, it's like you know prices can be high. It's the change year over year, yeah. right? So so uh, like a hundred and fifteen dollar barrel of oil a year from now is not inflationary, but if it was declining, it provides a fair amount of cushion for you know some other things, maybe wages to keep rising. Um, when we look through the basket of inflation, a lot of things look to have kind of peaked, except for you know those two categories that still have to kind of grind their way uh, through. So that's why they're very important. And um, you know the, the final thing about inflation is that uh, you know we look a lot at expectations because what the Fed doesn't want is for inflation to become embedded in longer term expectations. And those are two ways that it gets a little bit more embedded. Um, in that in that longer term expectation, um, and uh, you know, I and I do think uh, you know Jay Powell has has uh, Governor Powell has has changed you know, a little bit of his tune. I think he's always said he would be harsh on inflation, but now he's very focused on this notion of I want to see it declining, not just forecast it declining. Yep. yep. But uh, yeah, I, I I think the um, one one of the shades of hope out of out of that is that is that. Um, Consumers are are starting. You know, if 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 those those price increases can be pushed through the economy by 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 companies, uh, you know, consumers with higher wages, strong consumer balance sheets, they go out and pay the higher prices. But if you're seeing some changes in that behavior where they're starting to pull back on some of that stuff, hopefully that's a sign of optimism. I'm 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 uh, you know I'm back from vacation, so I'm optimistic about the world again before I get uh, beaten down by the rigors of work uh, through the remainder of this week. Uh, but uh, but certainly not doing the the, the, the Tuesdays podcast. That's always uh, light and easy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. No, you're you're bang on. Like uh, you know, people are watchful for, and and you know, demand is changing. So uh, and you can see it in the way even when people go to the gas station, they're buying less gas each time they go. Like there's a there's a, a bit of a contraction in terms of their ability to do certain things, and that fuels the decline in demand, which eases one of the the uh, the main sources of pricing pressure. Yep, the kids are going to get a uh, a high level of usage out of their bicycles this summer. 
That's the plan. <laughs> That's right. Trailers maybe, for bicycles. Maybe dad and mom too. And I know you're always uh, you're always cycling and staying in shape and always on top of everything that's going on around the markets. Uh, Stu, uh, thanks for the catch up. We ran a little bit longer than we than we normally do, but uh, again, we haven't been able to connect for the last couple of weeks. But uh, thanks for everything. Really insightful and I think really helpful in terms of understanding all the different things that are going on uh, in in the world economy and how it comes down to your investment portfolio. Great. Thanks, Dave. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.